Absolutely. They turned that into a Sunday so I can <laughs> Thank you. How old are you today, Cyril? 52. I thought it was that. Yes. Beautiful. 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 Amen. Amen. Ms. Susan, we just start us this morning with the word of prayer. That he will have in Jesus' name. Now, kind Father, in Jesus' name, we are lifting you up with praise and thanksgiving for the blessing you have given each and every one of us and the ministry, along with the Kid to College program, also the other prayer requests. That being petitioned before you, we are standing on your word that said prayer changes things and people. Oh, Heavenly Father, you know. Kind Father, don't let us, our seed and family members, get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for answering to our secret closet prayer. You, Father, know what it is. And we thank you for the answer. Touch hearts and mind to do the right thing. Continue to open doors of favor for this ministry and overseer his family, along with everyone on this line and family. You know, Father, make the way and touch heart everywhere to do what is right in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We and our family... Members will not get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. And God, we know you can do anything but fail. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. I had a chance to send a prayer that happened about a week ago in this line to some of the people, and they were astonished by what God was doing that morning. It was Miss Katina praying over Miss Lisa's request, and that may have solved the problem that morning for, you know, Kiwan, um, Kwan, um, and and, uh, things could have been sorted. But just that prayer that happened that morning, it actually ministered to many, many, many people afterwards. The authenticity and the rawness of that prayer, they were so glad that they were able to witness. So I just praise God for that. And this is a time for us to praise him for what he has done. It doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. It, the, the glory belongs to our Father Amen. because uh, he is still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. I just want us to open our mouth because the Bible says he will fill them with the goodness and that uh, we would edify the church by giving thanks and praises 
as we enter the courts of his place. So. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Cyril, I'll go um, A few of you know um, that with drug addiction and um, he, um, he backslid. He backslid and I was devastated. I, mm. I didn't even see it coming. I did not see it coming. I, it was right in front of my face. And I did. But Sarah, he prayed, he prayed, and we cried. Mm. Much, much better. I want you all to know he's much, much better. He's first. And I all so, so much for being beside me. Um, probably the hardest thing that saw. I mean, point that he came to me and he said, Mother, God's after me. I said, What are you talking about? And right then it talked I Brian, what are you what are you and mm. right I <laughs> that's what hit me. And uh this um this drug is um it's methamphetamine but it's called ice. And um when Ron went into prison, he was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And he um, I don't believe Ron would have ever done what he did if he wouldn't have been on drugs. Mm-hmm. But God brought him back to me. And he told me, he says, Mom, I'm done with it. His boss took him to a um, 12-step program. His own boss is mm. in recovery and took him to a 12-step program. He says, I need Ryan. He says, I don't want to lose Ryan out here. He called um, me on the phone, Cyril. Mm. called me on the phone. He says, you don't know me. He says, um, but my name is such and such. He says, and um, I don't want to lose Ryan to these. Mm. We've lost one. And he's mm-hmm. the one who stepped up and took Ryan, told me he wasn't going to go. And then mm. I came home today and he says, Mom, I'm going to step with Chris. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It is, the, it is the persistence of the mom that breaks the chains and the strongholds, Ms. Collette. It's the, it's the strength of the mom that stands between her son and the evil one and saying, no, you cannot take my son away from me. It's what breaks the yoke in you, Ms. Collette. Yes, sir. And um, I did not share any of this with his daughter. I, mm-hmm. To this day, I have not told her that I went through that for over 30 days. I did not mm-hmm. tell her because she was in the middle of exams, and um, I did not want to um, tell I'm going to let him be the one if he thinks he needs to tell her. I have not said anything to Caroline. 
not mm, one mm. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't break her heart. Mm. I couldn't do it. But I just want you all to know that he is doing well, and he's back to work. And uh, Thank God. he's been back to work Thank for God. over two weeks now. Thank God. And... Um, Thank you, Brenda, so much, and Sarah, um, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing my son back. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Miss Collette, um, I knew what you were going through because I was going through the same thing. Um, you know, one of the things Proverbs 226 pray for is that when our sons and mothers come out, that they won't travel that road again. And um, my son came out, and he started using drugs. And I was so devastated. I couldn't even, I couldn't tell anybody. I was so ashamed to tell Cyril because that was one of the things that he had prayed against I didn't I understand God time and yeah, when yeah. I finally opened up to them, you know, they said they told me to encourage him to go to a program and um and he finally went. You know, he goes to a program now and he's working and I thank God for that. Um but I knew what you were going through because I had been through with my son. So I knew the heart of your grief, you know, your not your grief, yes, but your pain, but you know, but your pain that our children um, resort to when they get out of prison, that they get yes, back to that, you know, and um, it just hurts us to know yes, that, you know, yes. it just hurts us to know that that they yes, ma'am follow that same path that we prayed against for so many years and um but through our prayers, you know, God made a change, you know, and um my son is working now and um he's a girlfriend and um I thank God for this young lady because this young lady is encouraging him. Yeah. You know, he didn't have he didn't have anybody to besides me and Anna Katina to encourage him, but um, they needed somebody like Devin, like Devin who encouraged Masera's son, you know, and this young lady encourages him, and, um, you know, I spoke with her yesterday, and she, you know, she told me, you know, how she laid the groundwork with him, and, you know, he's doing fine, and um, I just thank God that he has somebody to encourage him to do right. Yes, ma'am. Before I left, you know, he had promised that he would go to church with me that Sunday, but Katina and I left that Thursday, so I didn't get to take him to go to church, but um, he was willing to go to church with me because they need Jesus, you know. They can't do this on their own, you know. Mm -hmm. They need Mm -hmm. God to help them get through, you know. Drug addiction is a disease, and, you know, they try to do it on their own, but they really can't, you know. Um, 
But I thank God for this young lady, you know, really helping him and, you know, see through things. And um, I thank God for you, too, you know, you and the Sarah, you know, because y'all are my strength, you know. And God, God didn't put us together for nothing, you know. We met at the coffee with moms, and we've been we've been friends ever since. And I just thank God for the both of you being in my life and always praying with me. And and um, I just thank God for Cyril in this program. You know, I thank I really do thank God for it. I don't know how else to say I thank you. I don't know how else. You know what, uh, Miss Brenda, what comes to my mind as you are testifying? I, I, you know, I am so glad you went back to Maryland instead of staying back. Here's the reason why. Miss mm-hmm. Brenda, your prayers are needed for him, but at the same time, you cannot carry him on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And God will carry him on, you know, and carry him through this. And God is giving you the strength to just like a play for him. And, uh, you know, he's going to send resources uh, uh, to, to get him out of what situation that he may be going through. Or for, you know, um, you know, but he will, he will, you know, you will see, Miss Brenda. Here is the thing that I believe very strongly with the, every cluster of my blood that, you know, when you pray for something, like when Rachel was praying, right, she prayed for, you know, a son because Leah was just like a popping baby, slept right in center. Oh, here comes, you know, a son. Here comes a girl. Here comes a son, you know. She was popping babies left, right, and center. And she was praying to God and said, God, just take this grievance out of me. This is the cry of a mom. Mm-hmm. And and God gave her Joseph, right? And even after Joseph was born, Rachel was still grieved. And she was just going back to God and said, God, would you just add one more? Just add one more in my life. That's all the cry. That's all is your cry, right, Ms. Brenda? So she asked for one more. And God did not let Rachel die without seeing Benjamin. If Rachel had asked for a thousand more, God would have still given her a thousand more into her life. And and this morning, my encouragement to you, Miss Fenda, is this: you've already asked, you've already asked for your Benjamin, and you're not going to die without seeing your Benjamin. Amen. And um, and um, and I believe that zero because um, before I left um, before I left Charleston, um, I had a vision of him because he promised to go to church with me. Mm. I don't know whether it was a dream or a vision, but I mm. I could picture him walking in the church with me. And mm. God said to me, God said, I've got him. Mm. And mm. You know, a peace fell over me, you know. Hallelujah. You know, just a peace fell over me, but I Hallelujah. know God is working in his life, you know, and 
and um, he has a calling on his life, and he thinks that mm-hmm. ministry means the pulpit. But, you know, he talks to so many, um, this guy that we went to and McCormick, you know, he told me that, you know, um, well, he wasn't in McCormick. He was in another prison, but we had met him, and um, he told me that he came from McCormick and that my mm-hmm. son um, was really encouraging the guys in there to do the right thing, you know. But mm-hmm. there's so much, so much drugs in the prison system, so much drugs um, that comes from the correction officers. But um, I just thank God that, you know, he's out now, and he's trying his best to do the right thing. He really is. You know, he goes to church and he finds the Lord Jesus to really help him with his drug problem. But I know, you know, he's taking one day at a time and I'm not as worried as I was. And that's one of the reasons why Katina took me away. You know, she said, you know, you've got to let them go, Mom. She said, you've got to let them go. Amen, amen. Miss Miss Brenda, you just vocalized your Benjamin, and God has already heard your Benjamin. Amen. And he's not going to let your Benjamin uh, not come through. Amen. Amen. And stop repeating the same thing over and over because that's bringing doubt and fear that God is not doing for you what you are asking. Just continue to bless him and thank him and stop repeating these things over and over because that's sure no faith. And may I say that, again, we're in spiritual warfare, and the enemy doesn't want us to tell each other that I need you to pray with me. He wants us to think that we are an island. God has not made us an island. He's put all of us here together. And it may be that you don't want to pray with a whole group about whatever your issues are, but you need to always have somebody that you Mm -hmm. can come to and say, pray with me, brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says we're two or three gathered together. He's there with us. us. And he hears us. And, and he wants the enemy, we're in, we're in spiritual battle. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And destroying relationships with your loved ones. You know, he wants us to get so mad that I, I just give up on you. That's not what we have to, we can't do that. God has not given up on us. Amen. He wants to take our joy. He wants to take it away. He wants to destroy all of that. And if he can, he wants to kill us. He wants us to get so sick that we'll, just give up and die. And I have a praise report that since I have learned that I, my name is Sarah, not Savior, <laughs> and my my wonderful Proverbs 226 uh, founder reminds me, stay in your lane, Miss Sarah. And that I needed to hear that. My blood pressure has gotten so good that I'm off of one of my peers. Thank That's you. a blessing right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Can I give a praise report this morning? 
Uh, this yes. is Barbara. I'm not usually with you, but I just had to come back on the line. Uh, Pastor Cyril and all those, you know, my cousin, son that I was praying for, that he got closer off death road, and he got closer in Orlando. Well, guess what? Yesterday, my cousin was here. We had so much company on the weekend. God just did some miracle things. And the son called. I was able to speak to him in person. And I was telling him about 226, two, probably 226, and I believe God's going to use him in a mighty way. Again, his name is Derek, and I'm also my cousin. That's why I know God, what God can do. God was a miracle. And then I have another cousin. We're double cousins. He was a career criminal. I mean, he. I mean, when I said you need to kill nobody, but you know the drugs and the and he sold them. I mean, the guns and stuff. And he got turned his life around. In his sixties, God released him from some of the life sentences. He went and studied law. He used his time to study the law. He was at my table giving his testimony, and he said, Barbara, my testimony is I turned my guns in for the Bible, and he is on fire for the Lord. So, again, told him about 226, and he's so anxious to meet you, Pastor Cyril. And and most of the time I did not know where he was. Sometimes I didn't know he was living or dead, but I kept on praying. And he then told me that he'd been probably every prison all over Oh, it's just amazing what God can do. I never thought I'd be involved in prison ministry such as this, but God knows, never say never when God tells you to do something, and it's such a blessing. And Pastor Cyril, I don't know if you have a cash app number. Happy birthday. If you do, could you you share it with us? Um, I don't have it, you know, um, but... uh, um, the best way to give to the ministry would be to just like to use Proverbs26.org slash, um, you know, in, if you go there, there is a button there that says donate that page. Okay. All right. Thank uh, you. God bless all of you. And, Thank you for all your prayers. Amen. 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 I mean, uh, just to, to piggyback on what uh, Miss Barbara was saying, um, th- this this last week, you know, um, somebody, so, so a group of people from Philadelphia came to that uh, film festival and they were praying over my head. These guys are from, I mean, from Philadelphia, but they were saying we are going to go to Orlando, I'm sorry, to Florida uh, as our next, you know, journey. And uh, um, there was another lady who was just like a praying um, and asking God, and there's so many things that happened. Um, over the last two, two weeks. And uh, this week, we had a chance to stand up and speak in front of these leaders uh, of uh, uh, the prison system. And uh, I, I am just like so thankful to God for the boldness to say what things that they're doing wrong right on their faces. Right. But then at the end of it, the, uh, the, the, the guys in that room, these are like the leaders who, who run 55 prisons, who run 116 prisons, who run 80 prisons in their states. They were, they were crying, listening to what we are doing. Right? And at the end, the Virginia head who was crying in that room came to me and said, I want to speak to you next week. And then this Florida guy said, like, I want you to come to every one of my prisons, and so on. 
I turned around and told Grant Wilson, my goodness, Katina is going to have a fit of hearing this. No. Praise God. Praise God. I was reading and my eyes got all wide. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> exactly as I told Grant Wilson, he was sitting on the right side. <clears throat> But I praise God. And also, I allowed this morning, if there is any other praise, um, you know, report, please go ahead. Uh, because some of the things that we are talking about this morning is exactly what is there in the message today. So it's almost like you are actually preaching the message even before I get to the word. And so um, any other praise item before we go into the word? I just want to say this one thing about um, about God not um, putting us on an island by ourselves. Um, Ms. Sarah and Ms. Collette, we've, come, we've become so close to one another, and, um, and now I call them my sister friends. Mm-hmm. They're my sister friends, and I thank God for them, and thank God for um, just having people that I could, you know, Monsieur reminds us, you know, you know, she reminds us all the time of how we need to pray and how we need to just give things up and, you know, and I thank God for her support, you know, and um, not that I don't get it from Katina, but I just thank God for Miss Collette and Monsieur, you know, I thank God for them so much for being my friends because when I left my original church. I didn't have any friends, you know. And I came into Proverbs two two six and the coffee with moms and God gave me new friends. And I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Cyril, I have one if you have time for one brief Yes, yeah, please. Um so this week my mom um wrote out some thank you cards and um I got them from her because I need to take them to the post office to get the postal stamp so I can drop them in the mail. And I was just going through each one just to make sure that, you know, everything was legible and it would make it to its destination. And she didn't have the return address on it, so I wrote our return address on each one. But I looked through through each one of the envelopes, and I was amazed at how well my mom's handwriting had gotten. And I just give God all the glory and the thanks for that because it's been about six months ago, almost almost to the date. I think my mom had the stroke on November the 9th, if I'm not mistaken. So we're about a week or so shy of that. But it, And she wrote those cards out. She, <laughs> I went to the store, bought the cards, and she said, oh, you're going to have to write them for me. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to write the cards out for you. And I left the cards there with her, and they probably sat for about a good couple of weeks before she finally was like, well, she really means that she's not going to write these cards out. I guess I better write them out. And she did a fantastic job. And, I, you know, I said to her, I said, Mom, your handwriting is almost back to normal, you know. And I just thank God for just the progress. I thank him for the healing. I thank him for just his timing, his ways. 
I thank him for his blood covering. I thank him just for where she's at in him. He is actually, you know, cultivating more faith in her. And um, and I just give him glory this morning, honor. And I just want to just let him know, God, I thank you. I just thank you. I just see a different person in her and my dad. You know, I thank him for mm. just my dad. My dad is like, you know, he's listening on the prayers and because I have prayer groups during the week and he, he listens and he sometimes comes downstairs and he looks at me and he mouths, you know, to see if I need anything. And he's just so supportive and um, not just he's to me, right but also now. to Dale. He's here right now. <laughs> he listens, and we don't even know that he's listening, but he's intaking all of this stuff. And I just thank God so much for, I didn't realize that Dale and I needed them. Like, they mm. <laughs> so it's about them. You know, we're actually, God's taking care of everybody's needs. And, like, you know, Dale said today, he's like, I'm going to miss your, oh, I'm letting the cat out the bag. But anyways, um, God, my mom and dad may be getting their own place soon. So, and my, and my and Dale said, oh, I'm going to miss your dad when, um, when they leave. So we're trusting God that he's going to bless them with their own apartment and they'll be able to get back into their own place nearby. And um, God's just been awesome. He's still opening doors even here. He's a mighty, mighty God. And can I, this is Lori, can I put one more thing into there? Absolutely, yes. Katina, you talk about God's time. And he is so on time. What Colette was saying about our son and Brenda talking about our son this week, I just found out that my niece, who is 38 years old, has just moved back with my sister and my my brother-in-law. She's been there for four months. And, and she... Miss Lottie, can you give me like a one second, okay? If you don't speak, I'm going to mute that one line. Uh, bear with me, so if we don't speak for one second. Okay. Find that line. Can you go ahead and speak, Flotty? Okay. Okay. Um, so I just found out, my sister just told us that my niece, who is 38, has been heavily, heavily into drugs. She was mm. an x-ray technician. She she lost her job, lost her license, everything. And she's living back at home in the I mean, it's almost like they have a baby again. They can't mm. leave her at home by herself anymore. And like you, you were saying that God wants us to believe that we're on an island. And it, mm. I've been trying to process this all this week and thinking, how could something like that hit, hit my family? But mm. it, it hits everybody. It is not just one person that doesn't make you on your own. There's other people that are going through the same thing. And it was 
his timing is so odd. That's what I needed to hear this morning, that it isn't just happening in my family. It's happening in other families. Yeah. And I swear that's why he brought all of us together. Because if we had to Lori, it could be right under your nose. It was literally right under my nose. And I didn't see it. I did not see it. Not at all. That was the last thing that was on my mind. Until wow. he started talking. Lori, it's an... A lot of families, honey. You're, it, it, it's rampant. It's rampant. It's rampant. Mm-hmm. We're here to pray with you, Lori. If you need us, we're right here, baby. We're right here for you. Miss Collette, why don't you pray right now for Miss Lori? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Father God, I come before you, sir. Father God, I come before you on behalf of these families. Father God, addiction, drug use, and you're trying to take our families, you're trying to break them, but you're not, you're not going to let the enemy come before Father God, you're going to step in, you're going to intervene. Father God, I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're there. Father, I have never felt your presence like a pillar like that. Yes, you are here, and you are going to intervene with these families. I know you are. I know you have an enemy, And the enemy is beneath our feet. He is beneath our feet. And we are stepping on him, and we are stronger than he is. We are stronger. We are stronger. And we will fight. We will fight with every being in us, Father God. We will fight and we will be beside you and we will pray, Father God. We will pray to you every day, Father God, on behalf of these families. Father, you cannot have our babies. You cannot have our families. You're not going to break anymore. The enemy is not going to break anymore. He's just going to be beneath our feet, Father. And this child, Lori, I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but her job is going to be restored. She's going to find her job back. My son came back to his work. Brenda's son is now working, and she will work, and she will be with her family, and she will be able to stand on her own two feet. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's like you put our peers in your bottle. Father God, the Bible says you put our peers in your bottle. Mm -hmm. This morning you're putting all of our peers 
sat in your bottle. Mm-hmm. We know you're going to give an account for every tear that you are just like you're having in your box. Yes, you heard the cry of a mom. You heard the cry of a sister. You heard, Father God, the cry this morning. But you are a God who gives account for every tear. Yes. This morning I pray, agreeing with my sister, that you will, Father God, restore the lives. Oh, yes, Father God, you will restore the life of uh, uh, Ms. Brenda's son, and you will restore the life of Ms. Collette, and you are going to restore Laurie's, you know, cousin. Yeah. And I just pray that, you know, this is not just a cry of like a one or two that are in this line, but the millions across this nation. Father, mm-hmm. this morning we are coming before your throne of grace yeah. to bless this nation, Father God, and remove <laughs> The enemy, Father God, that you will bind, Father God, the the enemies, the strongholds, Father God. The Bible says, God, your blood brings the redemption. God, the the word says, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Father, this morning, we pray that you will bind and loose, Father God. Yes. Father God, the prosperity into their life and bind, Father God, this spineless uh, enemy, Father God, that has no place in our families, be bound right now. Yes. Father God, especially, Father God, I pray the blood of Jesus over every one of our families. Father God, I pray that you will put the, the, the unblemished blood upon the doorposts of our house, Father God, that no death angel has any power over our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children, Father God, for next 16 generations, Father God, there is no power that can be released into this enemy. Father God, you are the God who can bind what is broken. God, you you heard the cries this morning, and you give the answers. Father God, you are, Father God, the, the one who's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Father God, the Bible says, Father God, you are in us, and we are in you. Father God, you heard us this morning. God, as we go into the Word, let your words speak to us, Father God, this morning. Father, I pray. You yes. will give us, Father God, the, the peace that transcends all understanding this morning. God, give us the ears to hear what you are about to say. Father God, we are, we are eager to listen to your voice this morning. Father God, give us the strength that we need. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 The conference has been muted. Praise God. This morning, we are just uh, still in this journey of reading the Lord's Prayer. And uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, we will go to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 9 through to 13. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, 
in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This last couple of weeks, we've been studying through the Lord's Prayer and the structure behind these Lord's Prayers so that we can we can internalize this as we, uh, as we take and just like consume it, that God would remind us uh, on certain things that we need to pay attention to. And it says when, when we start to pray, there are six petitions that are in that. There, the, in, the, in, the, in the Lord's Prayer, there are six petitions. And those six petitions we have to say to the Father who is in heaven, who art in heaven. So when we get into his throne room, when we get to the place where he is, we are opening up God about these six things. And the first three are, are very close to God because we are talking about like a how he needs to, hallowed be your name, he needs to keep his name holy when it comes to dealing with us. It is not based on our righteousness. It's based on his righteousness. It's based on his name. When we go to the bank and ask for a loan, and if you don't have enough credit, which is how our life is, we don't have enough credit most of the time to get the more resources that we need for what we, where we are going. And if we start to take someone with a good credit to the bank to sign as a co-signer, that's who God is in your life and my life. He co-signs and his credit holds good in any court. And, and, the, and the prayer is that, God, I'm not going to come to you with my righteousness. I'm going to come to you in your righteousness that is in me and your name that I'm going to come before you. I cannot come to the throne room with what I carry on my back, but instead I can have this pass. I can have this door pass to come into your room because of your son's name. And your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we go to be with him for eternity, we're going to be in a kingdom that has no end. We're going to be there for millions and millions of years where we, know we don't need to have any more tears. We don't need to have pain. We don't need to have even nights. We're going to have like an amazing time with our Father. And our desire is to get to that point now. We're saying, God, I just want your kingdom to come now. I'm ready for you to come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not mine, Father God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And, and we saw 
like how we need to ask God not only for our physical food, but our spiritual food every single day. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not asking for the ingredients like salt and egg and butter and flour to make a bread. Sometimes our needs are so urgent. We're saying to God, God, I need your bread now. I don't have time to make a bread. You are, Father God, the the living bread that I can eat today. And this day, I'm I'm just in dire need of your bread to fill me physically and spiritually. And then we went on to see on the forgiveness last week and two parts to that forgiveness that we saw. Forgive us from our sins. We're saying, God, I have done wrong things. I want you to forgive me. And this is why in this, this prayer cannot be the Lord's prayer because the God whom we worship is sinless. And so here, this is God teaching us how we should be constantly going to the, the throne room and asking God for forgiveness. And also, there is a prerequisite to this forgiveness. And we saw the three categories of forgiveness last week. The first one is a total forgiveness where when we give our life to Christ, it is done. Then we talked about the fellowship forgiveness. There are things that we do afterwards that takes our fellowship from God, takes our oneness with God. When we do certain things, we know that it removes us from from having a good time, just like Abel and Cain came. And these two guys were going to God. One had a good gift and another had a bad gift. And the thing is that God was not pleased with what came brought to the table. And what did it do? It just removed the fellowship. It just flowered the fellowship with our Father. When we do certain things wrong, it just removes that oneness with God. We feel guilty and we're not able to go to God. And 1 John 1, 9 says, you know, if, if we go to him and ask him, God, forgive me today. He's faithful to forgive all our sins without finding fault. He's just going to cover everything. We have to have this daily fellowship with God and just be open to him and say, God, don't let this be carried on my shoulder. And then the last thing, the third category of forgiveness that we saw was was with the fellow men that we are in and, and the family Forgiveness. We need to forgive the people in our families. Doesn't mean we have to be like a doormat for people to run over, but we don't need to carry that burden. And we saw 23% of people that go to church actually go through this unforgiveness that they're not able to forgive somebody in their life. And today, we're just going to go to the sixth one. It says, 
and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. In some translation, it says, deliver us from the evil one. And so this morning, there are two parts to this sixth petition as well. The first one is, lead us not into temptation. And the second part, from, but deliver us from evil. The temptation that we are facing today is everywhere. You open up TV, you open up Facebook, you open up Instagram, you open up any social media. The temptation is everywhere. It's from the food that they want to sell it to us to the clothes. And the, last week, somebody told me uh, in Florida, don't say it is $15. Tell people it's two for $30, and they will buy the same thing. It's just like the marketing that people use. You just like slowly slide that thing inside. In fact, what we once thought was wrong is now has become a norm. I don't know whether you watched this Lucy show. Yeah, it was aired like uh, 50s and 60s. Uh, and something that you can just like the old Lucy shows. I'm not talking about the one with the color. I'm talking about the one where uh, it was black and white with the Lucy and Ricardo, right? And one of the things that people actually had a hard time watching Lucy. In fact, when the Lucy show was aired, or I believe it was on Thursdays it was getting aired, the stores were empty. The, the, the roads were empty. That's how much that show was just so engrossed the American culture. And the thing that bothered the people, some people at least, or m most of the people that watched it, was the fact that Lucy was smoking cigarettes. It was cigarettes, not even like a, any drug, right? And people were making a big deal out of it. 40, 50 years ago, smoking a cigarette was, was not acceptable. And if you see the bedroom, they showed two separate twin beds. They never showed, or they never glorified living together uh, as a norm. Look what we have done to ourselves in the last 50 years. Drinking and alcohol was once considered wrong, but now it's a norm in public media. This certain sinful act that was rejected is norm because everybody is doing it. I had a, a relative uh, from Middle East that had come, and every time someone comes to U.S., we take them on a tour. It's almost like a packaged deal. And so this time, we were going to Niagara Falls and Philadelphia, and then coming down to D.C., uh, that was the plan. But halfway through, they just like said, can we go to New York? Can we go to New York? I said, okay, no problem. So from uh, Niagara Falls, we landed in New York. And that day happened to be a day they had some parade on the streets of New York. Man, it was embarrassing for me because most of the people on that parade were naked. And uh, there were, were women that just like painted their 
themselves with like a, the national flag and they were naked running on the streets rampant. And if these things become normal, we're we are like a swamped by temptation and that's the new thing. And although we think that these temptations are like a new thing, right? But it was there in the days of Jesus as well. That's why Jesus was very particular when he came to the sixth petition. He says, he is just like reminding us of like how we have to be careful with the temptation. Prostitution was at its peak in those days. In fact, if we go to the word, it starts even from the second and third chapter of the Bible in Genesis. Eve was tempted to eat the apple to David, had to deal with Bathsheba to Jesus coming out of the wilderness after 40 days of fasting. This temptation is not something new. It has been there for years and years. We, we somehow fall into the same pit without realizing how this enemy that we are fighting with is not creative, but instead he uses the same formula again and again and again and get us into this troubled situation that removes or or, or just hinders or handicaps or fractures our relationship with our father. In fact, when God was speaking to Cain in chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 7, he says, if you do not do well, this this is something God is saying, to Cain, if you do not do well, right? That's what he's telling each and every one of us. Because if we give just a little bit of room for this enemy, he's going to come squeezing himself in and stay there and dominate your heart and my heart. If you do not do well, God says, sin lies at the door. He's just like a waiting just outside our hearts and our minds. And and he's just lying at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should not rule over it. That's the desire of this enemy. And the enemy's desire is you and me. Sin and temptation were always there in the past. But... For a very long time, it was under the wraps, and now it's in open, and we're celebrating it. And Jesus is reminding us this morning that this temptation is real and that we are vulnerable. And that's why he says, lead us not into temptation. It's just acknowledging the fact and that we need deliverance from this fact. When we resist this enemy, he will flee from us. If the mouse knows that the cheese that it's going after on that trap is going to cost its life, mouse will not eat that piece of cheese. If only the married men and women can see what the damage it's going to cost for cheating their husband or wife and their family, 
they will run away from it. If only they know what the cost of it for their own children, they will not cast it, cast it. But the enemy is very subtle. He just says, everybody's doing it. It's not a big deal. The question then comes, this, this particular line of the Lord's Prayer has been in controversy for a while, even amongst the theologians and the Bible readers. Why? Because it says, lead us not into temptation. It's, it's almost like, can God lead us into temptation? Absolutely not. In fact, James 1.13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot tempt it, cannot be tempted by evil, because the one person that actually won the temptation, nobody can claim except Christ. He won the temptation. That's why the Bible says God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Right? So if that word in James 1.13 is true, how can we justify lead us not into temptation? So I was just like a wrapping my head around. I was just like a trying, even though there are a lot of answers that are there, there are arguments on both sides uh, of the fence. Uh, and, and it's almost like this. When you go uh, during a Christmas time, many of the stores are just filled with people. During Thanksgiving, it starts from Thanksgiving, goes all the way to Christmas, right? There is one store that we often go, this is like our pilgrimage every year, is to go to home goods, right? We get all kinds of stuff from home goods. Uh, and, and at the end of it, we would stand in this line that is like a winding all the way to the back of the store, right? And they have this, like a how in Disney World, they have this big line uh, going through the different, uh, um, you know, um, uh, barricades that uh, you have to go um, to the end for the ride. The same way Home Goods also has like this big, you know, pathway to get to the counter. And along the pathway, they have a lot of small, small stuff that is still kept there. These stuff that they keep it there is not very expensive. Oftentimes, it is less than $5, right? This beautiful cup that is there, the candle, the ear pods, many of them is like a 5 to $10, but it is all the way in those um, path that they are leading us into the counter, right? And we have this temptation to buy stuff along the way. I am very sure the people who have already finished their shopping are still picking one or two items from those shelves along the way as they go to the counter. What am I saying? When we say lead us not into temptation, Right, We as kids are tempted to buy stuff even after we have everything that we got. 
even after we have the marriage going well, even after having our kids doing well, even after we have all the education and everything paid off, even after all things that God has given to us is good, when they go through that lane, we get tempted to pick up stuff, cheap stuff along the way before we get to the counter. And the, the good one, analogy to the parallel to this is that same thing happens in our grocery stores as well. When you go buy all the stuff that you need, as you're standing in the counter, they always have these chocolates and uh, candy bars and, uh, and uh, small stuff that's not expensive, but they leave it in there so the kids will always ask for those. And so if you are a, a mom, and with all this discernment, what you will do is like you will go around the, the counters where it's not something your kids would cry over. And if you're going to go through a line, you're just going to first look what is there on those shelves so that you don't get actually tempted to get those and then pick a lane that works well for you so you don't really buy more stuff than what you need. And we are asking God, God, I am so prone to temptation. Don't take me through the line where I am getting access to this cheap stuff that I, I can actually buy from it or I can actually consume out of it. That's the prayer that we are saying. It's not God's going to lead us into temptation. We are asking God. We are prone to temptation, and we are saying to God, please, God, don't take me through that lane that has candy. Don't take me through that lane that has this nice stuff hanging on, the, on those walls and these uh, uh, tables. We are asking God, God, I am so weak. Please don't let me walk through these things. And I really like um, what uh, Pope Francis did on this one. I, I have a lot of respect for the current Pope uh, that's leading this Catholic Church. He struggled with this line as well. And he wanted to change. And whatever he does is actually like a law kind of thing that just like everyone in, in the Catholic Church would just like follow without asking him a question. And he was bothered by this line. And so he, he said he struggled because it, this line implies that the Lord leads his followers astray into temptation. And so in 2017, he changed this line, and many, many, many of the Catholic churches have already caught up to this. And he changed this line that says, lead us not into temptation, to do not let us fall into temptation. He took a lot of slack for changing the Lord's Prayer that's already in the Bible. In fact, the, the reasoning for him is that he said the English language translation is not closer to the original Aramaic translation. And so his justification is not that Lord is going to lead me into temptation. We're praying to God saying, do not let us fall 
into temptation. We are closer to the temptation. He says, it is the Satan. This is his exact words from Pontus. He says, it is Satan who leads us into temptation. That's his department. And Pope also said, I'm the one who falls. It's not him pushing me into temptation to then see how I have fallen. There is an adversary that is out there that is there to destroy you and your families and my family. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, to bind this enemy, because we are in a spiritual battle. And then it says, deliver us from evil. I want to take through this part. I cannot believe it's already 9.23, but there are five spiritual truths about this that I want to go through. Deliver us from evil. Here are the five truths, and I'm going to go as quick as possible. The number one truth that you and I need to know is this. We live in a spiritual world. We live in a spiritual world. We don't see that spiritual world, and that's why we take it so light. There are so many cosmic activities that are going around us we don't really take into account. When we start to pray from America, people in India are getting cured. When we start to pray in Charleston, and people in Texas is getting strengthened. How is this all possible? There is no direct link here, but because we are in a completely different dimension, that, that we, have, we have spiritual forces, both good and bad, act in that spiritual realm. In fact, Second Kings chapter 6, verses um, 8 through 19, it's talking about a conversation that Elisha has with, her ser- with his servant. There was a battle that was about to come, happen in, in Israel. And the thing is that the king of Syria was just like a going to come and take down the, the king of Israel. But every time he made an attempt to do that, the, the king of Israel was getting a note from this prophet named Elisha saying, don't go here, do this here. So all these things were happening. The king of Syria was just getting upset. And he was going to his, his closed team, and he was asking, is there anyone here who's being a traitor? How come when before I get on the road to go destroy this king, he's getting the message? And one of the uh, lieutenants in that room says to the king, King, you don't understand. There's a prophet named Elijah. He, he can hear what you speak in your bedroom. And so the king says, okay, let's go after this guy. And he takes this entire army of people with chariots to catch this one 
guy, this one prophet, and and when he comes to that mountain where the prophet is, and they camp around that night so they can take this prophet down the next day morning, the first person wakes up that morning was the servant Gehazi, uh, Elisha's servant. He wakes up, he looks through the uh, window, and he is just like scared. And he goes to the master and says, Master, Master, what shall we do? And the master says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So then, so when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Stretch this feet off, I pray with blindness. And he stuck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. What am I saying? We are surrounded by angels. We are surrounded by evil forces. There is a constant battle in that spiritual realm, and you and I are part of that spiritual world. The Lord had to open the eyes of that servant to show the king and his men were outnumbered by the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The invisible became visible. There is so much that goes around us, we don't even see it. Sometimes I've heard it. Uh, or one time I heard Miss Sarah talk about an angel that was with her when she was driving. I've heard so many times people say that that when they were worshiping, they saw angels on that pulpit dancing. That gives some of these views to those people that know this for sure. Number one truth is that we live in a spiritual world. Number two, we are involved in the spiritual battle. We are involved in the spiritual war. Don't ever think it is only for those good and bad uh, evil spirits and the good spirits uh, that comes from the angel are fighting against each other. You and I are part of that spiritual war. Jesus was tempted in Matthew 4 three times. If Jesus, the king, the son himself was tempted, how much more prone we are to the temptations of this enemy. In Paul's mind, it is very real. And that's why when he was writing Ephesians chapter 6, he says that we are not fighting against the flesh and the blood, but instead against the spiritual beings, the principalities and the powers of darkness. Why? Have you ever asked this question, God, why is this all this conflict in this spiritual world? There is an answer for that in Matthew chapter 24, verses 14. It says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. The Bible says 
that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached across the world and witnessed across the world to all the nations, then the end will come, right? What is the end he's talking about? In the end, when we get to that end point, right, then the enemy is going to be bound and put in a bottomless pit. And he knows his end is near. He knows if, if the gospel is preached across the nations, then his end will come. Over 4 billion people in this earth today hasn't heard about Christ. 4 billion people that hasn't even heard the word of God. And the enemy knows, if I can keep these guys who call themselves believers distracted, then they won't have energy to take the word to the ends of the earth. The lost will stay lost, and that the end will not come, and he's trying to prolong his days. In fact, in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verses 17 through 21, it is talking about how his end is going to come. And in the end, the Bible says in verse 19, Revelation 19, 19, it says, I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and the armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with a brimstone. When the word gets into the world across the nations, the enemy is actually going to be thrown alive into the burning fire of brimstone. And he's not going to be dead, but he's going to be alive, but in the fire where the oil is burning. And, and the rest were killed with a sword. And the enemy knows this is how his days are going to end. And this is how he's going to be captured alive and put in this bottomless pit. He wants to prolong this end, and that's why he is fighting tooth and nail with you and me when we are ready to spread the gospel, when we are ready to go to Florida, when we are ready to go to Virginia, when we are ready to go to Maryland. The first thing that the enemy does is put this doubt, how is this going to happen? He's very subtle. And the same thing happens. If anyone stands for the gospel, then he wants to distract them with temptation and trials. He wants to keep this entire generation of people under slavery, such as pornography and the lustful thoughts. When, when we go on this kind of pleasures and the possessions of the world, we lose track of what that what looks like to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. He wants to destroy our intimacy with our Father. There was a period in time I would never, ever 
buy an Apple product. And I started to buy them after the founder Steve Jobs was dead for two reasons that I would not buy an Apple product. I would never buy an iPhone or an iPod. The number one, he never took care of his daughter. Till the end, he never took care of his daughter. Until he became very dead in his deathbed. And that is so against my principles. And the second thing that he did and he was about to do was something even more dangerous. And towards the end of his life, he was uh, in his deathbed and he wanted to do, he knew he had some dreadful disease in him. And so somebody advised him that, the, that he can bring these naked priests from India, about 100 of them, these guys run naked on, on uh, the, the forest and the wilderness of India, and they eat, eat dead people for life. And he wanted to create a yaga, like a, a celebration or a, a prayer festival in California. And so he took the permission of the then president of this nation, and he was going to bring a hundred of these naked priests on a plane from India so they can do that festival in his home. And God was just so totally against this. Before he could execute that plan, he was dead. Total dominance of evil. What am I saying? We have to recognize that we are in a battlefield. And you know what? Earlier this week, I was hearing this message on Luke chapter 15. The whole chapter is talking about the lost sheep, lost the coin, and the lost the son. Someday we'll come back and meditate on that. But here's what struck me the most in that. How one of those stories about the lost coin, the woman who lost her coin, the, the Bible says, she was searching for it in her house. So that means she lost the coin in the house. What am I saying? You and I can be in the church. You and I can be in the house and still be lost. Of like where we are called to go. You and I can go to a prayer meeting, Bible study, and still be lost without knowing the truth. Satan wants to waste your life and my life. This is his plan from the very beginning to keep the church folks lost. And that's why earlier this you know, morning when we were all talking about like a spiritual warfare and everything, I was just like so happy in my heart because that's exactly what I had prepared for this morning. It's a spiritual war. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, we are in a battlefield. The number three, our adversary is real. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the evil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
Don't underestimate this enemy. He's like that roaring, roaring lion. That's why we need to pray for the deliverance from this enemy. He wants to inspire fear in you and me. He's a formidable opponent. And that's why Jesus is asking us to pray every day. Deliver us from evil. He's talking about this kind of evilness that is at loose. The enemy will absolutely show no grace or mercy to you and me when it comes to fight. He is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't for a moment know or think that you're going to lose your arms and legs when you're fighting with him. He's going to take everything that you have. He's going to come after your, your dignity. He's going to come after and shame you. Because when it comes to fight, he doesn't take it light. He's coming after our children and our grandchildren and the loved ones. That's why this fight is real and we cannot let our God down. Number four, the truth. Our Heavenly Father, the one who's sitting on the throne, is unshakable. We serve a king whose goodness is limitless. He is invincible. That's why we don't see. But you know what? The heavens of heavens cannot contain him. He is magnificent. He is powerful. He, his knowledge cannot be measured. His countenance cannot be described. He is the king of kings and the lord of life. There's something that when we even use or invoke the name of the Lord, the place that we are standing is going to shake because the place knows that the, the spirit world knows that I'm invoking something that he doesn't have an answer for. This enemy that I just talked about that is real is no match for our king. That's why you and I cannot fight this enemy with our strength. We have to fight this enemy with his strength. He's already destroyed him. He made a public spectacle of him and shamed him when he went to the cross. Revelation chapter 19, verses 20 and 21, earlier that we saw, how he's going to take this enemy and crush him and destroy him. We don't, you know, there is a, there is a, a calling in each and every one of our lives. Irrespective of what ministry that you and I are doing, there is a calling in your life and my life. And the calling in your life and my life is to take the word of God to the ends of the earth. And, and, and the thing is, the enemy tries to put a and handle and tackle and, and do all kinds of things. Right? But in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, I really like when you get a chance to meditate. I want you to meditate on Isaiah chapter 40. It's talking about how God is a superior being and a power that nobody can even come closer to him. In verse 15, it says, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. This 
7.3 billion people in this world in God's bucket of water is just like a, a small drop in a bucket. And, and are counted as small dust in the scale. They're not matched for the matchless king that we are serving. All nations, verse 17 says, all nations before him are as nothing. They're counted by him less than nothing and worthless. Can you imagine? We're constantly thinking, oh my God, this, these people are destroying my city, destroying my nation, destroying my neighborhood. Know this for sure. You are called to break that cycle. I'm called to break that cycle. That's why he says in verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Then you get a chance. Give me one second. Give me one second. You should have. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. The thing is this verse 25 that I was talking about. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their hosts? By numbers. Tonight when you get a chance, just walk outside your house and look at the sky and these millions and millions of stars that are out there. The Bible says that each and every one of those stars were called by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. He calls out the stars by name. He's the one calling you and me right now and saying, I'm still the one sitting on the throne. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And another place I really, really love in the Bible, it says that you and I are the apple of his eyes. Can you imagine if the enemy comes even closer to his eyes and what he will do to that enemy. And in the, in the book of, uh, you know, Revelation chapter 20, verses 9 and 10, it says, the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured the enemy. The devil who deceived them, who cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are, they were tormented, tormented day and night. It could have ended there. The Bible says forever and ever. That's the king that we are serving. You and I should have the confidence when we go before this king. Fifth the truth. What you are fighting for in this battle has eternal value. Don't for a second think that God will take your fight lightly. Nor your sacrifices unnoticed. Even a cup of water given in his name will be taken, will not be taken for granted. Each of us 
are going to receive our crown when we get to heaven. 1 Peter 1, 4 says, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. And the Revelation chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. But I'm going to just read verse 11. I'm coming soon. Hold fast to do what you have, so that no one will take your crown. These five truths, my prayer this morning is that, will give you the strength. Number one, we are in a spiritual world. There is nobody that can take that truth away. Number two, we are in a spiritual battle, not out of flesh and blood. Number three, our adversary that we are fighting for is real. I said that he is not equal to the God, but he is definitely more powerful than what we give credit for. If we take this enemy with our own strength, he is not going to show any mercy. Number four, our king, the father in heaven, has power that's unmatchable. And number five, know this for sure, when you're fighting every day for your children, for your husband, for your family members, know this for sure, you and I, have a, a crown waiting for. You and I have an imperishable reward that is sitting in heaven. A crown is waiting for you and me. And in order to receive that crown, he needs to deliver us from evil. When he delivers us from evil, then we will have the freeness to spread the word of God to the remainder of 4 billion people on this earth. And the end will come, and he will be thrown alive into the lake of fire. Ms. Katina. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're so worthy this morning. We thank you for this powerful word, this wonderful word, O oh Lord. We thank you for teaching us, O oh Lord. We thank you for allowing us to have a teachable spirit, O oh Lord. Thank you for reminding us of the things that need our attention. Lord, we keep your name holy, O oh Lord. We come in your righteousness and not in our own righteousness. Thank you, O oh Lord, for co-signing on our lives, O oh Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, O oh Lord. We bring you our pain this morning, our sorrow this morning. We bring it all to your kingdom on today, Lord. On this day, we just want to thank you for our daily living bread, which is you. Fill us up spiritually and naturally today, O Lord. We thank you, O Lord, for giving us the prayer of all prayers on today, O Lord. We thank you for totally forgiving us as we, for teaching us how to forgive those. We thank you for your fellowship with you and for showing us how to forgive and showing us why we should forgive. 
and bringing it home this morning, O oh God. We thank you, O oh Lord, for another part of your perfect prayer that says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, we just thank you that we are surrendered, we, we are surrounded by temptation. We thank you for opening our eyes and showing us that we are not exempt, that because we follow you, because you are our Lord and Savior, that that does not exclude us from the things of this world that try to come and suffocate us, that try to come and take us away from you. We are constantly surrounded everywhere. So, Lord, we ask that you lead us not into these places that are going to tempt us. The sinful acts and temptations that the world would say is okay, we bring them to your mercy feet this morning. And we ask that you will allow us to not be tempted by those things. Just allow us to be careful of the enemy's tactics that try to separate us from you. Lord, we thank you for that, O oh Lord. Lord, we just ask that, you know, that all the different testimonies that came this morning, the testimony of Ms. Collette about her son, the testimony of my mom about my brother, the testimony of Ms. Lori's niece. Lord, we just thank you for showing us how the enemy is trying to make an attempt on the lives of our loved ones. But, Lord, we thank you for even now showing us what we need to come before you and pray for. So it is in the natural, it is also in the spiritual. Lord, we thank you for showing us even the more now that there is a spiritual battle that is going on that it, it can't get to us. It is trying our family members. It's trying our children. It's trying our nieces, cousins, and forefolk and so on. And, Lord, we just thank you because now we can rejoice at knowing that the battle is already won, that the enemy is not going to win because now we know what to come to you directly about in petition as we war and we fight and we ask that these individuals can be delivered from the evil attempt of the enemy. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for allowing them to not feel as if they need to hide behind their guilt and their shame. We thank you for even bringing them to a measure of truth of knowing I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. We thank you, O oh Lord, that we can be like Aaron and Joshua that will hold each other's hands up and be the banner up to you. Hold up the banner up to the Heavenly Father. We thank you for even being that banner that we constantly hold up. Thank you for showing us that when we are tempted by the things of this world, that it is a costly temptation, a costly temptation of the mind, which can lead us to doubt, fear, have unfaithfulness, and distrust of you. Thank you for showing us, Lord, that we cannot go into uncharted territories uncovered. Show us how to not be tempted by overabundance. Show us how to not pick things up that we don't need to pick things that we don't need to pick up. Thank you for showing us how to not pick up things that don't even belong to us. I'll share a story that the Lord showed me in prayer one day 
that we were picking up empty cans in a field. Mm-hmm. And in those cans, they were empty, just empty things, things that didn't even belong to us. We were picking up junk. We were picking up things that were trash, things that were filthy, things that were tainted, things that can, were contaminated. And he said, pray for the people that are picking up the things that do not belong to them. They were also things that were once filled that were now empty because he had delivered them from those things. But we didn't know how to not constantly go back and revisit uncharted and stay away from uncharted territory. So I thank you, God, for showing us and showing us how to not be tempted and showing us how to not constantly pick up things that you've already delivered us from. You did it before, and you will do it again. You've delivered us from evil constantly over and over again, and we thank you for that. Thank you for opening our eyes today that we can see what we have fallen short in the area of. Lord, thank you for showing us that we are weak, that we are exposed, oh, Lord. Lord, cover us and teach us how to say no. Teach us how to stay away from the enemy's territories where those temptations lie. Because we are because because we belong to you, he's trying to fight us even the hardest because he wants to bring us down so that he can bring you down and make a liar out of you to a watching world. But Lord, he is a liar today, and we thank you for covering us. We thank you for showing us how weak we are so that we can be made strong, O oh Lord, and that we cannot be tempted by the things of the enemy. So we will not fall to the world, and we will not fall at the enemy's feet. We thank you for bowing us down at your feet. We thank you for delivering us from this evil, this evil, evil place for showing us that this is a spiritual world and not just a natural world. And we do not need to take this lightly. When we pray, there is a direct link in the spiritual realm. And saints, we have got to take that seriously. We have got to take the things in the spiritual more seriously than the things that's in the natural. I remember one time there was a comedian that said, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? The things that I see that's of this natural world, those things are a lie. I'm going to believe the things that I see in the spiritual versus the things that I see in the natural. There are good and there are bad things. In the spiritual realm, there is a constant battle that we're going through, and we will constantly be going through this battle until Christ returns. We cannot afford to stop praying. We cannot afford to stop warring for the deliverance against this evil. We cannot let our guards down because it starts in our minds. My mom said that she had a vision of my brother walking into the church. I had a vision of my brother. He was preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God showed me, told me a long time ago, who are you going to believe? I've already shown you what the end result what is going to look like. So it doesn't matter what he looks like right now. Are you going to believe the now? Or are you going to believe the end result? I'm going to give him beauty for his ashes. 
So because of that now, when he calls and he's fallen and he's sickened by the things of this world, it's okay. I rejoice because God has already shown me he is, is already delivered from evil. I'm going to clean him up, and I'm going to use him for my glory. That's what we need to believe. We need to start speaking those things that are positive over those evil thoughts that try to come and steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is trying to constantly get to our minds so that he can distract us and get us from prayer, get us from our assignment, get us from worship, get us from witnessing, get us from bringing others to God that may not know him. Now more than ever, saints, we have got to fight even the more. We've gotten like two weeks worth of, 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 of um, praise reports in our text, in our group text. The Lord has been working mightily between the five and two trade school and the Proverbs 226 ministry. From the FEM Festival to the meetings this week, he has been doing a miraculous work. Now is the time that we need to war even the harder because the enemy is mad and he is waiting and he's lurking and he's trying to get the people off their job, trying to get them from their knees. And now is the time that we need to show him we are strong, that we are delivered already, and he will not bring his evilness upon us, our family, and our ministry and our spiritual head. We are involved. God wants us to be involved in this spiritual battle. If Jesus can be tempted, how much more are we tempted? We got to be mindful that we are, the heart is weak. We are only as strong as we are in him. The enemy knows that the end is near. So he is on overtime trying to make sure that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we've got to be on overtime. We've got to be 10 steps ahead of him. We've got to constantly be covering our children, constantly be covering our homes, constantly be covering our marriages, constantly be covering our community, because he is on the lurk. He knows that his time is coming to an end. So we cannot draw weary. Unto our assignment. Lord, as we pray for you to deliver us from evil, we ask that you give us tunnel vision, tunnel vision, and a mind that is steadfast and unmovable on you. So that we are in the battlefield, we will not grow weary. Lord, give us extra oil to keep our fire burning so we can see where we're going and what's going on in the spiritual realm. The adversary is real, saints. Do not underestimate him. We have to continue to pray and war against this enemy. Pray that the Lord will deliver us and deliver our bloodline, deliver our ministry, deliver our assignments. Our Heavenly Father is unshakable. He is powerful. He is mighty. And he is indescribable. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the enemy is already destroyed. The battle is already won. So don't, so don't, let, don't let the enemy make you think otherwise. 
The creator is calling us, saints, to join him at this spiritual war that is going on against the evil one. Let's give thanks to God for reminding us about the things that need our attention. Lori, do not get discouraged. Do not say, I, I just can't believe that this hit our family. No, it can hit any one of us. This is a time for us to now stand, go before the Lord, and war. Amen. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing me. Thank you for exposing the enemy that was on my knee. Thank you for exposing him. Now it's time for war. Thank you, Lord, uh, Colette. Thank you for showing me. It was right underneath my nose, and I didn't even know. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy that you exposed that enemy's ugly head. So now I can know what I need to be warring for in my household. Lord, thank you for showing my mom what my brother was going through. Thank you for bringing him to a place where he was his most vulnerable, crying out to you in the bedroom. Thank you for that, oh, Lord. I thank you so now we can know how to war against this enemy that is trying to rear its ugly head. These are the things that we're fighting for. We are fighting for an eternal value. Our prayers and sacrifices are not going unnoticed, saints. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Who are you going to trust while you are in the battle? Are you going to trust our Lord, that he will deliver us from evil, that he will lead us not into temptation? Or are you going to trust the enemy who tries to convince us to think that the battle is not already won? Saints. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord, and it's already won. The Lord has will continue to lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Pastor Cyril. Amen. Amen. As we go into the Lord's Supper, um, I'm just going to ask each and every one of us if there is like any temptation that is causing you this morning, from free worshiping the Lord. Leave that at his feet right now. Don't carry that anymore. Sometimes it's not the big things that bothers our spiritual life. It's the small things, little things, pet things that we carry. We cannot carry those. And God is saying he's going to deliver us. This is this morning is about deliverance. As we are going into the Lord's Supper, Know this for sure, as you take that bread and the drink, it represents his body and his blood. And it is not going to leave you or me in that same state. Let that blood and the bread, the, the, the body, change everything that we are about to do from here for his glory. Father God, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, and any rebellion or unforgiveness that we may cause those as a hindrance to our relationship. We know, Father, that you love us like a children. 
Adhikar, you have already carried us out of the pit. And Father, we have received you in our hearts, you in us right now, Father God, and we are in you. God, the price that you paid, the penalty for our sinfulness is just humongous, Father God. The shame that you carried is just unfathomable. And as we take this bread, representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us. And to all who will receive you, Father God, thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now, and eternal life forever. God, we receive this bread in remembrance of you. Let's go ahead and take the bread. And in the same way, we take this cup, representing your blood, poured out from the splendid cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Let's take this drink. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We celebrate with you, Father God. Thank you, God. And we celebrate with you the gift that you have given it to us. Yes, God. Thank you for your word. Thank God, God, let the bread sink in, Father God. Let your body sink in into our bodies and your blood into our blood, Father God. Renew this morning, Father God, our minds, Father God, and Tell our hearts today that we belong to a different bloodline yes, than what we belong before. Yes, Lord. You are the bloodline owner, Father God, for yes. our life and for our children's life and our brothers and sisters and father, mother, everyone in our life, Father God. Yes, Lord. I just covered under this bloodline. God, I just pray that you will just like it. Give us a strength that we never saw before. Yes, Lord. In our life to take this word seriously and walk into this mission field with boldness. And I know you're expanding our territories. Yes, God. Thank you. I pray that you will just send the resources that is needed for this mission, God. Help us to stay focused on you. Help us to stay focused on your strength and not ours. Yes, Lord. Uh, let's pray for every one of my brothers and sisters on this line that you, Father God, give them and me, Father God, the much-needed strength that we need for 